Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Labor Day. What are you doing in church? <laughs> Hope you're ready. Hope you're ready. Man, it's going to labor. It is so good to see you all. And uh, it's good to be at. It's been, a little, been kind of a different summer. It's gone by really quick. Had a lot of family visiting. Had son coming up from Georgia with his family. And then I had something called surgery, major surgery. That, that was a lot of fun. And I'll talk about that in a couple seconds. And then my family from Texas came up with three adult teenagers. And so that was, we had that and the surgery and all this stuff. And so it's been, is that you, Jesus? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's been a good summer. It's been quick. How about you? It's been just like, boom, gone. So here we go. So I figured out how to get this a little bit higher. So how many of you do not know me? (laughs) Really? All right. Well, everyone sees it. Anyway, I am Pastor. Do they got the name up there? No, they don't have the name up there. Anyway, I'm Pastor Randy. Uh... (laughs) finally in lights. So I do a little bit different uh, uh, than uh, everybody else. Uh, We have such a wonderful staff and they're all different personalities in the way they present the word. Uh, I'm the oldest guy of the bunch, but I love Jesus with all my heart. I love him with all my heart. Loved him ever since I was a little boy. Raised in the church in North Seattle. Accepted the Lord when I was seven years old. Raised in a Christian family. I'm so blessed. And I've been through the roller coaster just like you have with life. But God's been faithful. God's been faithful. So uh, just backtracking as far as with the surgery and all the stuff I've been through. Three and a half years, almost four years ago, I went to the doctor, had a blood test. They did a blood test. And for us older guys, they do a thing called the PSA test to see how your prostate's doing. And normally the numbers are like two or three or four of mine. Um, January of 2016 was 19 and a half. And a couple months later, it was 22. And then it was 27. And then it was 32. Then it was 57.5. It just kept going up, but I was feeling fine. And if you saw me three and a half years ago, I weighed 200, almost 250 pounds. But I got a a different way of looking at life and eating and uh, throwing the sugar away and the carbohydrates as much as possible and fried food, not totally, but got on the program, started educating myself, started going to seminars, having people pray, having all you folks pray. Uh, have Pastor Dan was just amazing. Boy, I love that guy. We've, we've kind of gone through the fire sometimes. <laughs> and uh, But the, when I need a a brother, and I got a whole bunch of brothers in this place. Uh, you're all my brothers, and my son is here today too. And and uh, to have that support. But anyway, so they put the C word on me. I refuse to give it the name, but they put the C word on me, and I did everything that I knew: educate myself, do this, prayers. Da, 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 but that doggone PSA kept going up, and the doctors kept putting tests on me, and they wanted one thing with. Any kind of cancer is that it doesn't metastasize. It goes into your bones. Once it goes into your bones, then that's a whole different story. It goes into your pelvis. And um, so all the tests came back, and I had lots of tests. All the tests came back negative. 
that had gone anywhere else other than it was in my prostate. And I looked at radiation four times, and I couldn't get a green light to have the radiation because they wanted to do radiation uh, five times a week for nine weeks, having radiation. And I said, no, there's got to be another way. got to be another way. Uh, and the doctors kept saying, you've got to get this taken care of. You know, they were just, mm, 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 mm. And so finally, we had a home group. And uh, I was trying to get some assurance of what direction to go. And so we were having a home group, and, and the people, had, and so we were asking for anybody that had a prayer request. Anybody have a prayer request? We're all going around prayer. And my beautiful red-headed wife said, uh, uh, are you going to have one pray for you? Well, I'm a pastor. Us pastors, we have so much stuff going on. We pray for you, but we're not too crazy about having people pray for us. So I looked at the redhead, and all the people that were there heard me, and I looked at her and gave her the dad stare. And I said, you know the dad stare? I looked at her and said, no, no. And everybody in the room heard me say it that way. So they went around and had prayer requests. Finally, the Lord said, who are you? You're not that good. You're not that good. Why are you so proud? So I shared with the group kind of what I'm sharing now. And so uh, this will happen. There's a gentleman sitting here, and his wife was sitting a couple feet over. And she, she said, you need to talk to my husband. He had a particular type of surgery for prostate that I never had heard of. I researched everything. And she said, talk to him afterwards. And I did. And it turned out it's called robotic, Da Vinci robotic surgery. Instead of cutting you open and taking things out and, you know, once we get older, we get parts that we just throw away for no apparent reason. <laughs> trust me, trust me, you guys that are 35, there's going to be stuff you won't have a couple years from now. <laughs> they go, no, you don't need that. <laughs> well, I thought I did. And... Um, but yeah, Da Vinci Robotic Surgery. So I talked to this gentleman, and, and he'd had it done uh, 10 or 12 years ago. And, uh, and he shared with me this doctor in Seattle that was a, one of the leading doctors in the whole country that does this procedure. And Da Vinci is where they put a couple little laparoscopic things in your abdomen, and they go in with these little Edgar Scissorhand things, and they can go in and move arteries and veins and male parts and female parts away and get to where they need to do and get it out without hurting you. It's less invasive. There's one video I was going to show you, but it was a vi video where it was a red grape stuck on a straw, and they took a third of the skin of the grape skin off and laid it on the side. Then they picked it up with these little Edgar Scissorhand things, picked it up, put it back on the grape, sutured the skin back onto the grape and never damaged the skin or the grape. That's how good they are. So, anyway, my friend got me to the dock. I got to the dock, and I'll speed it up. Uh, I met with him, and then he, he kind of went away, and I was just waiting for a green light. I was at, wanted the doctor to say, yeah, come on, let's go do this, Ford. Come on, let's do it. And he never did. End of June, I'm in a, uh, at, a, at a meeting, and all of a sudden I get a phone call, and it's the doc. He's giving me the green light. He's yeah, let's do this. I've looked at everything. I looked at all your stuff. Let's do this. We were having sack lunch, so I went 
and had lunch by myself in the back of Emerald Ridge High School. And I take my shirt off because I love having the suntan, obviously, and I'm out there by myself having my sandwich. And I look up. I've only seen it twice in my life. It's called a horizontal, horizontal rainbow. It only takes up about 2% of the sky, but it lays sideways. There it is. And when I looked up, I just talked to the doc 10 minutes before, and here was a rainbow that I believe that was for me. It may have been for somebody else, but it was my rainbow. <laughs> and here was this rainbow, and I called Kathy. She's up here at the edge of it. I said, can you see it? And she said, I can see it, but she couldn't take a picture. So I took a picture. And rainbow always means the promise of God. It always means the provision of God. It means the love of God. It means that He's not going to give up on you. And it was, it was such, a, such a moment to see that rainbow. And so, <laughs> when I finally met with the doc before the surgery, and uh, I'm talking to him, and I could tell there was a heaviness about the doc when he came in. And so and he said something about surgery is surgery. Cassia, well, things happen and people die. And I go, well, I don't want to hear that. But, but he said, surgery. And so I said, Doc, I want to show you something. And I said, when you made that phone call, and I held up my phone, I walked over to him, and I said, when you made that phone call, God put a rainbow in my window. God put a, showed me a rainbow that he's not giving up on me. He's not leaving me. And so I went over to the doc and said, Doc, here it is. He said, Kathy and I are believers. We believe in God. We love Jesus. Um, we're living for him. And he said, me too. This is a head surgeon at one of the major hospitals in Seattle. Yeah, me too. So I said, Lord, uh, I said, Doc, I said, God's got me. He's got, I know this is going to be okay. And I said, Doc, I don't know what's going on with you today. But I just want to let you know God loves you so much. And whatever you're going through as a doc and all the stuff that you're going through, God's got you. And He loves you. Then He started to tear up. This head surgeon started to tear up. And He looked down at the floor and then He looked up. And He's got tears running down His face. He reaches out and shakes my hand. I said, Doc, here's the deal, bud. We're going to rock this thing together. We're going to rock this thing together. God's got you. He's got me. And whatever happens, happens. But I don't care. We're going to rock this. And the tears are rolling down his face. <laughs> Shook my hand again. So God is so good. No matter, what, no matter how high the mountain, no matter how low the valley, God's got you. There's a time when we've got to take our last breath here and go into heaven. We worry so much and we fight about, you know, Leaving this planet, oh my goodness, what's waiting for us is way beyond what we can imagine, above and beyond what we can imagine. So I showed him the picture. A week after my surgery, I went back to him, and uh, he's going through all this stuff. And, and uh, I, Kathy had um, gotten the picture, uh, and you put up the other one, Rick. Um, my daughter had put a verse on there, and we put it in a frame. And I said, Doc, at the very end, so I got a gift for you. I said, I've written something on the back. You can read someday, but it's in a frame. They said, but here's the rainbow that we talked about. Here's the rainbow that we talked about. <clears throat> but it's got a verse, and he looked at it. You know, and I don't know if you can see it up there, but it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am your God. Someone say, I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Amen. Amen. So, crying doc. So I gave him that thing, and he's looking at it, and he's reading the words, and his head goes down. He's got his hands on his knees, and here it comes again. He's weeping. Tears are flowing out of his face. And he reads it again, and he looks back up at me and says, Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much, brother. Why am I telling you that? Because we all have the opportunity to be Jesus. If the Jesus is alive and real in us, then we've got to be able to show it, to share it every chance we get, every day. I had to go back in the ER real quick, and, uh, and that was not a pleasant experience. 11 hours in the ER on a hospital gurney with the air conditioning going, and I was in all kinds of pain. And you guys were praying for me. Thank you very much. And uh, finally this doc came in, and he's, they're trying to find me a room in the upper room up in the hospital somewhere. And this guy comes in, Dr. Bahat, Indian guy, dots, not feathers. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> both Kathy and Mary are not even looking at me anymore. I, for you that don't know me, I'm sorry, but that's the way. To, anyway, that's not feathers, Dr. Bahat. And he comes in, and nice guy, and he says, um, how you doing? And I said, well, I've had better days. I've had better, I've been here 11 hours, and I'm really worn out, Doc, and I just, I'm so tired, and I hurt so much. And, um, but I looked at him, and I could see just kind of a, a spirit of heaviness on this guy. I said, Doc, I'm going to be okay. But let me ask you a question. How are you doing? How are you feeling? And he kind of stepped back. And he turned his head. And he kind of shook it. And I said, what's the matter? And he says, I've been a doctor for 14 years. For 14 years I've been a doctor. And not one patient in 14 years has ever asked me, how am I doing I get emotional. But we are Jesus. We are Jesus. So the doctors, the nurses, the people in the store, the people we come in contact with, we are the witness. We are the presence of Jesus. Amen? We are the presence of Jesus. (laughs) You're the first one in 14 years that's ever asked me, how am I doing? Thank you very much. So... So, when you leave, we've got a little magnet for you that says, uh, Finding Jesus in the Commandments, the nice little magnet to put on the refrigerator. I also made, uh, I'm not sure, enough copies for you to use this little magnet and then stick it on the freezer and then put it on there so you got the picture and the magnet on your refrigerator. Isn't that cool? So, I want to share that with you. So, God bless you. All right. How much time have I got? What? Oh. You know, it's been an interesting 10 weeks, and uh, we've had uh, Pete Wilmot share the first two, and then Laura ran out of the next two, and then Wayne Ferris sent the next two, and Jeremy sent the next two, and then we had Braden Berggren do the one last week, and I guess I'm the, either the grand finale or that guy that follows the horses with, in the parade with the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm one of those, but we'll hopefully it's a grand finale, but I'm not sure. So anyway, uh, thank you guys for doing all that. Uh, next week, Pastor Dan is back, uh, ready to go, full of vim and vigor, and it's going to be a blessing to have him back, steering the ship around here. When we think about the Ten Commandments, and there they are, sometimes we think about the Ten Commandments, we can think, well, I haven't broken all the commandments. We kind of pat ourselves. Haven't murdered anybody recently. I know I haven't committed adultery recently. I'm honoring my parents the best I can. I don't have any idols in my house except my smartphone and my computer. You know who you are. And basically, I'm an honest person. We kind of pat ourselves on the back. I'm good. I mean, we could go through like the young rich ruler saying to Jesus, I've kept all the commandments. Remember that? The young ruler said, I've kept them all. Jesus says, well, sell everything you got and give to the poor and follow me. And he goes, well, you know, he kind of drew a line. But when you think about the principle behind the commandment, thou shalt not covet, you might have the same revelation, one of those words like that, that I thought, my Lord, I'm guilty of all of these things. I'm guilty. At some time in my life, I've been guilty of all of this stuff. But then the Lord impressed upon me. He said, I didn't give you the Ten Commandments so you could make me happy. I gave the Ten Commandments so you could be happy. I was giving the, the principles and the commandments to live by for your happiness and well-being, not the things to check off to say, I've done this and I don't commit murder in this. And we have this checklist that we're really good in God's eyes. Well, you know how you are in God's eyes. But God's happy with you. God's really happy with you. He's pleased with you. He loves you. Even when you mess up, even when you miss the mark, we're all humans. We all mess up all the time. But the principles, the commandments, what they really do is they enhance our walk with the Lord, with God. They enhance our relationship with each other. And they enhance our walk every day that we get to live on planet Earth. Get to do that. It's not a punishment. It's not a don't do this thing. It's a thing, yeah, love me. And don't do those things and you'll be happy. You'll be rich. You'll be free. Uh, the Ten Commandments are not instructions how to get out of Egypt. They are for free people like you and me to stay free. Isn't it better to be free than in bondage or bound up with fear or anger or disappointment or all that stuff? Amen? We're God's people set apart. We're a peculiar people. Some of you are more peculiar than others. But we're set apart to live according to God's ways. Isn't that good? Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you that we are your kids, that you love us so much. You're not here to harm us or hurt us or, or put strong rules that we can't even breathe or move, but you're here to give us love and give us your peace and give us purpose for living. So, Lord, thank you for this time. Bless these wonderful, wonderful people. Jesus' name, amen. Um, Exodus um, 
Yeah, Exodus 27. 2017, excuse me. I don't know if you can read that, but the one we do this is a group read here, okay? This is about coveting. Uh, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or the female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything. That, uh. Okay, we like to boil, boil this commandment down to shortened version to you shall not covet as long as we understand what the word covet means. So I looked it up. Covet actually means to wish for earnestly with all your heart or strongly desire what belongs to another person. It's not just desiring, but to earnestly with all your heart to seriously desire what belongs to another person. It's also wanting anything from your neighbor with the motive of jealousy or envy. So it's got that extra to it. You get it? It's just not just, well, they, wish, they sure have a nice house. <laughs> I've been struggling with this all the time. Synonyms. Ah, synonyms for covenant, not cinnamon, but synonyms, are crave, desire strongly, and then here's the rest of them. Ache for, die for, hunger for, long for, lust after something, salivate for. Salivate for. Wow, that's pretty. Okay, we boil the commandment down. You shall not covet. I believe God is trying to instill our lives through this commandment. What he's really trying to say is be content. Be content. We get ourselves all stirred up over the silliest things, and then it goes away, and then, but, you know, we still had that funny taste in our mouth when we got that anger thing and we went through all that stuff and we kind of turned on God and forgot God and then we come back to God and then we cry and we pray. Yeah, that's crazy. But if what, what he's trying to say is the principle of contentment. The only reason that we'd ever covet someone else is because we're not content with what we have in God. I'll repeat that. The only reason we'd ever covet anything what someone else has is because we're not content with what God has given us and blessed us with abundantly, abundantly. So I want to show you a few slides, so I'm just going to read this verse again in slow motion, and you can look at the pictures, okay? You shall not covet your neighbor's house. <laughs> wow, that's pretty nice. Wow, look at the size of that pool and... Where, where's Pete Wilmont? Is he here today? Yeah, this is Pete and Monica's place down in Arizona. <laughs> and uh, you're welcome to visit them anytime during the winter. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming, baby. Look at that house. We should not covet thy neighbor's house. Uh, here's an old biblical picture of Rebecca and Jacob. Uh, and you should not cover your neighbor's wife. I didn't know they had redheads back in Bible times. Or, modern day, you should not cover your neighbor's wife, or you should not cover the wife's husband. <laughs> I'm just messing around. <laughs> okay, you should not cover the... Uh, 
the servants, but nor the ox. You should not cover the ox. And back in the day, having an ox was the more oxen you had, the more wealthy you were, the more land you had. And so that was the thing. Well, they got a whole bunch of those things. But uh, uh, that's the old style uh, ox. Uh, today's ox, oh, there it is. There's the modern day ox, a John Deere tractor with a paw attachment. Okay, that, the, the other one is the, the donkey, not come at the donkey. And here's uh, whatever this guy's name is on the donkey. And here's the modern day guy on the donkey with his new Ford. Ah, there it is. This is a Ford 250 pickup, King Ranch style. It has every electronic known to man. It also has an interior. The next picture, I don't know if you can see that. That's an unbelievable, unblemished leather with gold stitching leather on the top. $70,000 for that pickup truck, for that donkey. <laughs> and the final one, of course, is, is wealth, is money, a lot of money. Yeah. There's a scripture in the New Testament, and there's several on covetousness. Say covetousness. covetousness. Yeah, that's hard to say, isn't it? Covetousness. But there's a scripture the Lord has given us where God seems to be saying that the Tenth Commandment about coveting. Um, but there's a scripture I want to show you. I'm not going to show you. The, I'm going to show you the second part first because you're familiar with it, and then I'll show you the first part last. And here we go. Does that make any sense? Okay. Hebrews 13b, the last part says, everyone say this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's God speaking. The scriptures actually, uh, uh, that God himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. It actually comes from the Old Testament, and it was a quote from Joshua, when God was saying to Joshua, Moses is dead. But I was with Moses, I will be with you. He said to Joseph, I will never leave you or forsake you. So that was, the, that was the second part. The first part is 13a, and it says, let your conduct, help me read this, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have. So we put it all together, put the verse together the way it was written, it reads this way. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things that you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Turn to your neighbor and say, this verse is for you. Looking at Deuteronomy 5.21, there's two sections where it talks about the Ten Commandments. One is in Exodus 20.17, the other was in Deuteronomy 5, and uh, so they're slightly different. But this one about covet is a little bit different, and it says this, You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor shall you not, and you shall not desire, uh, that's how the difference is, your neighbor's house, field, male servant, female servant, ox, donkey, or anything else that's your neighbor's. It's strong desire, having a strong desire as far as what your neighbor's is. And being content is on the other side. So when we start to covet, 
and desiring of what belongs to somebody else, Satan starts coming in, in the middle of the deal. And he starts talking to us. And we say, you know, look at what your neighbor has and look how God has blessed them and do that. Then Satan comes in. What happens is when Satan comes in, he puts a wedge in. And here's you and God. Now a wedge is here. And now we've got a separation between you and God. And now you're on your own terms. Covetous causes us to start to resist, resent God because God providing something for him and not providing for me. Here's the good news. The Ten Commandments are not made to rob us or to restrict us. They're not to rob us or restrict us. Why would God do that? Why would God want to rob us or constrict us or make us so angry that we refuse to go to church or refuse to be a believer? He doesn't want to rob us. He wants to lift us up. He wants to encourage us. The commandments are actually meant to give us joy. Say joy. Joy. Wisdom. Wisdom. Peace. Peace. Freedom. Freedom. And contentment. Contentment. Joy. Joy. Wisdom. Wisdom. Peace. Peace. Freedom. Freedom. Contentment. Do you believe that? Amen. I got an amen. Wow. When God says, do not do something, it's because of his love for you and me. He loves you so much that it's not a restriction or a burden. And finally, look at the verse. Oh, wait. Here's, since we're all children, really, under the skies, i got something else for you. Here's the Ten Commandments for kids. And uh, I'll just read them real quick. Love God more than you love anything else. Don't make anything in your life more important than God. I can't read that one. Uh, always say to God's name with love and respect. Honor your Lord by resting on the seventh day. Love and respect mom and dad. Never hurt anybody. Always be faithful to your husband or your wife. Don't take anything that isn't yours. Always tell the truth. Be happy with what you have. Don't wish for other people's stuff. I kind of understand that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, First John 5, 3 and 4. God doesn't put weight on us. And this verse says, in fact, this is the love for God. To keep his command, his commands are not burdensome. What God likes us to do and how he wants us to live for him doesn't have any weight. It doesn't hurt us. It doesn't restrict us. It gives us freedom. The victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Again, joy, freedom, victory, salvation. Amen? All right. We've all been blessed in America financially, amazingly well. Even if you don't have, by most standards, but those who live in America, we have a house, we've got a car, we've got transportation. It may not be what you want, but it's what is available to you. And compared to the rest of the world, 95 to 98% of the world, they don't even know where the next drink of water is coming from or where the next little bit of food is coming from. We're living like kings compared to the rest of the world. We're financially and amazingly blessed as a country and as people that love the Lord. One life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses, Jesus said.
And I think you finally get this, that, that uh, Exodus 20:17 it says at the very end, nor anything else that your neighbor has. So, you don't covet the truck, you don't covet the Lexus, you don't cover their jewelry, you don't con- covet her makeup kit. Um, all the stuff that, uh, that we look at when other people have stuff, no, we don't do that. Uh, you don't cover the Lexus. Uh, that's, uh, be content. Be Kent. There used to be a song a thousand years ago that my kids would sing. You're going to have to help me out on this. It's an old, uh, be patient, be patient. Don't be in such a hurry when you get impatient. You only start worrying. Remember, remember that God is on your side. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> well, we almost got it. But be patient. Oh my gosh, be patient. <laughs> God is on your side. Oh my goodness. Got it. All right. Well, I'm just moving right along here. So, um,. When you're content, then you, when you don't, when you're not being content, then you start leaning toward being covetous. But when you go to comparison, then you think about this. Then this, anyway, you kind of get it. When, we, when we're in contentment, we do that. But when we start having the wedge, we start getting away from what God's real plan is for us. Why do we do that? Why do I always think about the Joneses on, Joneses, Trying to keep up with the Joneses, or they have this and I don't, and God has blessed them and has. What, what, what do, what, what do animals do? What do we do, like an animal? Grass is greener on the other side of the fence. You know, I've heard that before, and I've finally heard. Someone say the real definition of why the grass is greener on the other side of the fence? It's because on the other side of the fence they fertilize at a different time. <laughs> All right. Look at this guy. This may be you and me, maybe not. But here's this cow. He's on, is that his elbows? I'm not sure what that is. On his elbows through five strands of barbed wire and electric line on top. Look at that. That's sometimes the way you and me get. And he's stretched out, looking for the little grass that's in front of him and the, getting trapped and getting all messed up. And look at this. the grass here is pretty, you know, it's nice and green, but in the back it's like six to eight inches tall. <laughs> Silly cow. Sometimes we do that, right? We're looking at the other side of the fence. And God said, what are you doing that for? I've already blessed you with everything that you need. You know, I'm your Savior. I'm soon coming King. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a cow, I guess is the message there. <laughs> Don't be a silly cow. Okay, I think we're almost rounding. We're rounding third coming into home, okay? Joshua 22.5 says it this way. 
Be very careful to keep the commandments of the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. To love the Lord your God. To walk in obedience to Him. To keep His commandments. Hold fast to Him. And serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. Love God. Walk with Him. Keep His commandments. Hold fast. Have you ever been down at the fair or whatnot and holding, trying to hold on to your kids? Going through the fair? In the old days, I lost... We have four kids. We lost four kids at least once at the fair. And they would disappear. And I'd have, man, alive. that feeling when you lose a kid, you know, that's a scary feeling. And finally you see them and they're looking at the Ferris wheel or the security officer's got them or something. Hold fast to God. Hold fast to God. Everything you got is. He's not letting go of you. If you let go, it's because you shook him off and walked off on your own. Right? But don't shake him off. Don't shake him off. Hold on to him fast. I had a friend that was in the mall with his four or five year old son at the mall and the son took off. And, um, and so the dad saw him taking off and he tried to call him back and he wouldn't come back. And so he just stepped behind a rack of clothes and the little four year old boy and all of a sudden he turns around and can't find dad. And he starts to cry. You know how they go? And just all of a sudden he can't find, he can't find his daddy. can't find God. And finally he steps out and he sees him. And the son that's gone away came running back. Came running back to his dad and went airborne and caught him and, you know, and picked him up and hugged him and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. And then the little boy says, Daddy, you lost me. Daddy, you lost me. He says, no, I never lost you. I was watching you the whole time. Matthew 22, 33 through 40, and you all know this. Love the Lord your God. Hey, let's do this together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. The first greatest commandment. The second is like, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two Amen? So what's the first five words of the first sentence? What's the first five words of the second sentence? Love your neighbor as yourself. We make it too complicated, church. We make it too complicated. We get ourselves in the way. We get our emotions in the way. We get fears in the way. We get doubts in the way. But here it is. Every day. This can be boiled down to four words, and you've heard it before, but it can be boiled down to four words. Loving God, loving people. Loving God, loving people. When you get up in the morning, we got two choices. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for another day, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for blessing me. The first thing that comes out of you is, thank you, God. Thank you for another day. You're so good. Or, we go, oh, God, another day. <laughs> you know, it's 5.30 in the morning, you're trying to go somewhere, oh, Lord, another one. But when we go, oh, God, another day. Oh, man. Good to be alive, and we're talking to him, and we're praying, and we're singing, and we're walking, and we're having confidence, and remembering what he's done for us on the cross, and how he saved us, and how he brought us through unbelievable storms in our marriages and our relationships, 
and put things back together that we didn't think would ever be put back together again. Whew. <laughs> Man, it's a big list. I was just thinking of all the stuff that I've been through and all the stuff that you've been through. And God's been so faithful. God's been so faithful. So he wants to have that so you don't let go of him and you don't just go running out in the mall and get lost. But he wants to have that daily relationship where we're talking to him and we're praying with him, we're singing to him. And when you meet a doctor that you don't even know that you bless him in such a way with just your presence. And the nurse, oh, the nurse. You know, I'm just me, but the nurses were very nice. So I grabbed one of their blow-up gloves or one of their latex gloves. Blew it up, tied the knot on it. And then I grabbed her pen where they put on the wall, patient's going to die in two hours. And I put it on. I said, Ariel, I just want to thank you. You are the best nurse ever. Thanks, Randy. And I put it in the sink. And it sat there for two days. And every single nurse that came in go, how come she got a balloon? (laughs) With five fingers. How How come Ariel got a balloon? Where's my balloon? See, we get to do that. Get over ourselves. Focus on Jesus. Let it flow like never before. Life is short. Life is so short. It's so brief. And when it's time to go, it's time to go, baby. Last breath here is the next breath in heaven. If if you're a believer. If you're a believer. And if you're not, Today's a good day. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, then you say, you know, I hear all this stuff and all that, but I've never asked Jesus to be in my heart. Today's the day. Today's the day. And uh, I'm just looking around, and so we're not going to be overt. I'm looking at all of you, and if you've never accepted the Lord in your life, just look at me and tap your chest with your finger. Nobody has to see it. Just tap your chest on your finger. That I'd like to have Jesus in my heart today. Amen. Amen. He's so real. He's so good. Finally, about this verse we've been looking at with all the stuff in it. The good side is, church, God has blessed you and me and provided for us everything that we'll ever need. Say that, ever need. The mess we've made of ourselves is mostly because we're not content with the person God has made us to be and how he has blessed us, how he has blessed us so abundantly, time after time after time. And even through the darkest tragedies, the deepest valley, when we got through the ugly part, it was Jesus. Come here. Come here. And we run up to see, you lost me, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, I never lost you. I was watching you the whole time. He's blessed us so abundantly. So I guess the conclusion is this love. Love God and be content. Love God and be content. You guys are awesome. And um, the worship team can come up. I just wanted to... I'm going to go Episcopalian on you. <laughs> I'm going to actually read kind of a prayer. This is, Kathy had found this somewhere, and it was just an accumulation of a couple of prayers. I just want to listen to some of these 
quick prayers as they get ready to do the worship. Father God, thank you for your faithfulness in my life. Thank you for the promise then to bless and multiply me. Direct my steps, O oh Lord. Keep me close to you. I stand in faith for good things. You are you have in store for me. Father, I choose to believe your word above all else. I know that you are working behind the scenes on our behalf. You cause me to triumph. You help me to tune out the negative voices of the world so I can focus on your goodness all the days of my life. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what's to come. Help me to go beyond believing and expecting my dreams to come and pass. Show me how to prepare the things you have planned for me. Two more. Father, I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you with my unanswered questions. I choose to release any doubt and confusion to you. Help me focus on your word, which sets me free. Thank you for the goodness and the blessings you have in store for me. And finally, thank you, thank you, Lord, for the dreams and the desires you place within me. I submit those dreams to you. I ask that you direct my steps, search my heart, O oh God. Make my thoughts agreeable to your word and your plan. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Remember to get your postcard and your magnet at the end. <laughs>